comes with a very sad and heavy heart that I announce that we are leaving. We are leaving on January 26th to go to Rock the Universe at Universal Studios Orlando. I hate you. I really do. Like, that's what you... That's what we had, like, four takes for? Yeah. I've, I've been sitting there all day for that. I'm dead. Well, welcome back to the Crossing Conversation. I'm Brian, and this is... Devin. It's longer every time. We can keep doing it. Last week I made it longer. <laughs> you made it. Listen, we're gonna be sitting here for ten minutes one time. Alright. Anyway, um, well today, as you can see, um, I am not me and Devin are not the only person on this podcast. Um, we have another gentleman. He's been, uh, I think we've all been friends the same amount of years. Almost. Have we? Give or take. Since twenty. 2017? I think I knew him for like six months longer, and then that's it. I mean, only because like you were just as quiet child in the corner that I just passed by in the sanctuary every day. I was still there at least. This happy ever about video games with Jay, and then walking. Jay started them. I do. Well, anyway, um, this is Caleb. Everybody, welcome, Caleb. Insert no effects in post. None. Sorry, coughing into the microphone. Bad etiquette. Anyway, um, it's Caleb. Uh, we have, we've all been friends since yeah, twenty seventeen. Um, we didn't like become friends, friends like like full friends. I don't think until maybe like a year later, like after the the hurricane. After yeah, Hurricane Irma. It's great how just a giant disaster tends to bring people together. Shout out to the goat. Shout out to the goat that brought us together. Okay, over. Oh, yeah, boy. Uh, don't ever do that again. Yeah, but anyway, um, clearly we all met at the same school and church. Um, that's pretty much how it went. There isn't much more to describe about. That's that. pretty much it. And then video games. Yes. Sure. Hey, hey, and that. Hey, hey. Yeah. Hold the there you go. There gotta be that. Gotta be like. I didn't want to be like Devin, who practically just infuses it with my beard. So. Are <laughs> you hear squuffle from the beard? <laughs> You know that's some kind of ASMR like sound somebody's made somewhere out here. Is There's a- ASMR for everything. I can sit down and people would be like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. <laughs> Imagine making a video of me just sitting on the couch. I'd probably go viral. I'd probably be the ASMR king. I'd I'd repost it. Big boy sits on couch. <laughs> that would be the title. And then it would be me, like, like I would, like, Photoshop myself, like, the couch on the world, like, on the earth. Green screen the whole thing. <laughs> what do you mean, the green screen? Be easy. <sighs> That'd be great. That'd be but, perfect. But, well, Caleb, I, I have a question if we want to start it off. 
What was your first impression of me and Devin when you first met us? Okay, two uh, <laughs> two very. What? Yes. <laughs> Pretty much, that's how it felt. Flipped it open. Um, my impression with Devin and Brian were night and day. Brian struck me as the calm, occasionally goofy, kind of average guy that did very unaverage and amazing things. Like, Brian on the outside would probably look average from, for the most part, but then, like, you get to know him and you're like, huh, this guy ain't average whatsoever. Damn it, DJ Average Fat Kid. Yes, shout out. I didn't acquire that DJ name until, like, it was much later. Yeah. What was it before? It was DJ B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the wackest name I could think of. Well, I mean, the longest time my mom was like, "Why do you have to change your DJ name to DJ AFK?" I'm like, "Because it's better and it sounds better, and I am an average fat guy, but I'm also there's also I told you guys I told Devin this the other day I was like, it's a deeper meaning to why I even go by average fat kid." Average fat kid is proving that not every average person is average. Yeah. So, so like, if you, like, that's the deeper meaning to my name other than just being funny. Well, not every average fat kid is a DJ. Exactly. No, just most of them. Just most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Devin, uh, Brian was pretty, yeah, Brian was pretty straightforward on my first impressions. Devin... Not straightforward on my first impressions whatsoever. Devin kind of came in real awkward for like a year. His social experience with everybody else was like not there. He was very uh, quiet, I guess. He seemed a tad nervous. Definitely nervous. Maybe a tad closed off. And then, yeah, it kind of like about like seven or eight months all of a sudden, you just saw kind of like a total personality flip, like boom, he was comfortable. Like there was no like gradual adjusting for Devin. He was like, okay, I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. Okay, we're good. And that's pretty much, that was a friendship. I mean, like, I'm like, what the, who is that? Okay, yeah, we're cool. Like that was pretty much it. Yeah, we're cool, we're cool. That was that was the entirety of the like action. <laughs> Why are you eating pretzels? You literally just yelled at us and got mad at us because we were eating before, and now you're over there crunching on pretzels. He was mad at us because he wanted this to be his whole shtick. He had been planning this. You oh, yeah, saw it. The minute he so set the pretzels, like we we couldn't eat. Yeah. Now that is you. now we know since. I don't have to be actually. That makes something that I don't know if I can say on this podcast. But privileged. Oh, I was gonna say whatever it is, you can bleep it out in post. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Nothing now. We keeping it hot over here. Technical difficulties, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this program has been brought to you by Charming. Well, I do have good news. We did get a sponsor for this episode. I went out. I worked my magic, and we got a sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is... here. We're going to do all the magic up top. Crossing Community Church. They provided everything for us. This broadcast is brought to you by the Crossing Community Church, where every Sunday we have services at 9, 
and 10:45. I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna keep it a buck fifty with you. I forget the service times all the time. <laughs> I I forget the service times, but I that's just because I got crazy stuff going on on Sundays. It sounds like a serious thing. Everything upstairs. <laughs> And everything on stage. See, that's the thing about being a trick, right? Is like, especially I would say, I I would say we're like in between small and medium size church, maybe. Yes. We're big enough to have two services. There you go. No, medium. We're not at like, I would say five. Yeah. medium. Yeah. In the middle. Dead seven. Maybe a little bit more towards the small size. But that size that could it. that that size that just leaves just enough little room, but like not like too much. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Full medium, but with, yeah. Anyway, man, we're like uh, we're like just about to hit the twenty ounce soda can. We're like we're we're at like eighteen, about to hit twenty, like just about to fill up. <laughs> Those like miniature one they have, like two of those put together. We got yeah, them. like the little little red solo shot cups. That's like small church, like, but we're we're easily an eighteen ounce cup. We're working our we're working our way up to two liter, and then we're gonna go up to gallon. <laughs> Don't forget those like multi gallon ones though. That would be like mega. Nobody's hit that yet. Nobody. 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 No, all those big churches are just gallon-sized churches. Gallon. <laughs> <laughs> now we're putting the church size in in. It, it it puts a whole new meaning on does size matter. Anyway, let's uh. Move on before you get in trouble. Transition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a question for you though. Then on the flip side, is if my impression of you was as I said, then what does that make your impression of me? Because I know I didn't make a good first impression. I know for a fact. So, funny thing about Caleb, right? So, his mom, who is like my second mom. Uh, she was a dance teacher at the school, and um, she would come and do dance, and him and his sister would obviously be along with them, and I didn't know that they even were enrolled in the school, but they were home being homeschooled through the school, and I didn't even know that was a thing at the time. But um, they would come and just sit. They always had these headphones on, sitting in a chair with a laptop, a phone, or some sort of gaming device in their hand. And that's literally all I knew about them, that they were these just these quiet kids that came with their mom and they danced. I didn't really have a conversation with Caleb until one day Jay introduced me to you and we were talking about League. And they were talking about how I played League with them after... Uh, <laughs> on like Wednesdays before rehearsal and before youth group and then um after that what was funny is me and Caleb graduated the same me and Caleb graduated a year early and what was funny is nobody knew anything about this kid he pulled up the day on the day of graduation rehearsal which was what a day of like 
two days yeah, before. It was the day before. It was like two days. It was on a Thursday. Graduation was a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We have rehearsal. <coughs> Awkward silence for Devin opening his root beer. You got this, Devin. But anyway, so... Two days before rehearsal, we're like, who is this kid? And they're like, oh, he's going to be the valedictorian. And we're like, this kid never came to our class. And yet here he is graduated with us as valedictorian. Who are you? Yeah, I, I I think I made I think I made quite a few people unhappy with that. Just kind yeah, of walking in with that. It was mainly because there were some people that were on track to be valedictorian, but they ended up having to be the salutatorian, I think, instead. I happened to have enough credits to graduate early, and it happened to work out exactly? the way it worked out. Yeah, like we're like, who is this kid? Like we've never seen him. Like we we saw him, but like he never like. We, we were all, like, against him, and then, like, literally, the Bang. day of graduation, he gives his speech, and we all just dying laughing. And I think that's when I knew I could be his friend, like, at some point, if we ever crossed paths again. And Stood up I in the middle of the ceremony. That's he my was there over. I mean, then, that same summer, Devin comes along, then me, all three of us end up being, like, together and, like, forming night friendship there. Literally, we just graduated. You were coming in to go to the school the following year, and but no, nah, Caleb was just this like quiet dude at first until you get to know him. Then you realize he's a weirdo, and he's hilarious. Like Caleb is hilarious. He's he's like too funny for his own good. Like look at this kid. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a remote compliment and just. I hope it all works out. Yeah. No, you were... I don't know. I was like, what the heck? Who is this guy? I pretty much the worst in Brighton. I went from distance. So that whole first year, I was just like... I didn't know anybody. I didn't want to say anything. And I was just like... I don't want them to hate me just yet. So I took I took my time and all that, and then as I got closer to Brian, I was like, ah, you know what? Why not? I could be a little crazy, and then that's when it started unraveling. And then this guy came along. Now I'm gonna have like strange mark like down the leg. You're gonna have a handprint to remember this conversation. <laughs> I remember the conversation. I can't. I don't remember. Now this that my that's the first impression. First right there. interaction that, with Caleb. But I'm very sure my first interaction was just playing League of Legends. I, I think so. I think that was it. I think so. I mean, there was quite a few times where like. After that, we ended up like that was all we did was play video games. Well, we had we had a period in time where we had like a lot of like we had hard hard work like separated by like absolutely nothing to do like chunks of time. That's when we started working at the school together. Yeah, and we shared well, the office. Well, it was um no even a little before that too like during the like, summer. Su- it was like twenty eighteen. That summer, it was that like summer area when we were all working together in the um, in our what we were actually here at the crossing, but at when we had the Oleander campus, 
That was yeah. when the school split up and everything. And that was when um, we were all working together on, like, literally everything. Like, literally everything. Like, Devin was doing... Um, I don't even know what Devin was doing. Devin did I was everything computer. Yeah. If your computer popped up and made a sound that you never heard before, you had me on speed dial. Literally. Every little thing... Hey, this thing popped up in the corner of my computer, and I didn't know what to do, so I clicked it, and now it's t- it's off. Now, I think what I loved about the most about that that year, that summer, was um, all the different random tasks we had to do that year, but also all the random moments we had with like the summer camp kids and stuff. Like there was one time, me and Caleb were like intensely. Well, Caleb wasn't really like working on anything he does now he was more so just like there for like support help really i think at this time you were you were just like this guy yeah, like you, if you, you needed I literally have a you're, video a, you're a floater like a, a bucket of water for no reason to somewhere to go to go bring it to somebody other than that caleb was reading a book playing video games or doing college work online this dude was always playing on his phone Always playing on his phone. I want him on record. I didn't even have games on my phone. That's the weird part. I'm... No, you know what he was doing? He was either watching YouTube or he was browsing like the news app on his phone. That's all he does now. Yeah, I Discord. What makes it sad is the fact that I exhibit a lot of very um old people traits. And we don't. I prefer co- uh, classical music over a significant number of genres. I find solace in reading newspapers, and yeah. Mm. I still say old-timey things occasionally. It's like kind of weird. Yeah. Old-timey thing you Like say? solace. Solace? Okay, our 30-plus community will uh, agree with you on that. Yeah. Caleb, you just convinced me that I think you only see in black and white like the old-timey movies. Like, you you said you read your newspaper and all I saw was the black and white picture of the dad flipping the newspaper just going through the pages. Unfortunately, I did do that, actually. I had a whole period in my life where every morning I'd get the newspaper and uh mug of coffee and that was that was my morning for like a good two years of college unfortunately it kind of degraded because after we moved they didn't have newspapers near us so i had to rely on digital crap like newspapers anymore like, now he just flips on his tablet yeah it's not nearly as enjoyable oh, man, tablet my god i actually did have a tablet and an ipad but i never could figure out how to get the yeah. ipad to work and then i think my sister broke it well, he gave it to his sister, and she broke it. Yeah, and then I got it back and didn't know it was broken until I tried it. Worst idea. I got it for free, so big whoop. Oh, shoot. Actually. I was with you, and you got it. Yeah. I was with you, and you got it. Still regretting it. What I love about what I love what happened last year is uh, Caleb and his family finally joined the iPhone game after years of years of, um, what I would say, bullying. Into them getting iPhones. And yeah. You got them. Yeah. How do you get handed? Segway. So, what is what? <laughs> Listen, as Segway. As this, as this goes on farther and farther, I, we gotta be creative. All right. I'm. He's talking I'm about that. Like that's a great accomplishment. I'm taking the persona on. 
being spontaneous. Now your hair looks weird. I don't know how that looked. I don't like how that looked. Continue. So, well, at least it wasn't my thigh this time. This Friday, special trip. Rock the Universe. Universal Studios. Orlando F-L-O-R-I-D-A. I I thought I was going to spell Florida wrong. (laughs) So did I. Orlando, Florida. Whoa, hold on. Let's got something. Flowrider? His name is Florida. It just split up. We don't talk about him. He's secular. I... We talked about freaking stick on him last week. They have office posters hanging all around their office. Macho's pan to it. Yeah. You can't pan to it because we're not. <laughs> we don't have the cable, cable bill. We didn't pay the cable bill. I don't know what that has to do with it, but we didn't pay the cable bill. Yeah. That, that's the equivalent of saying, sorry, I can't hear you because I don't see you. <laughs> like, you go, <laughs> Anyways, Friday, Rock the Universe, Universal Studios, Orlando. I have to buy my ticket. You haven't bought your ticket yet? I told you I was buying it Wednesday. You said, oh, that's fine. Oh, I've just... Listen. Hopefully I can still buy them. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Anyways. You buy your So. Ticket? Yeah. Can you buy my ticket? Can you buy my ticket? Oh, my God. Yeah. For real? I'll look at it. There you go. No. Oh. You got money. You don't got no bills. Yeah, you don't know what a bill is, Keegan. We're talking to Keegan. B-I-L-L. Bill. You pay your phone bill? You got a car? <laughs> gas money? I ain't never got no gas money from before. Yeah, nah, I make him give me gas money. I just make Keegan buy me food. I make him give me gas like, money. Let's go to McDonald's. He'd be like, all right, bet. I'm like, you're paying. He's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And he, he, like, but he doesn't, like, horribly disagree. He just looks, like, heartbroken and disappointed. But, like, at the end of the day, he'll still be there. Now, the problem is, is I end up just buying food for him anyway. That's yeah. how it goes. All right, so we're going to break this down. We're going to do favorite attraction at Universal and favorite place to get... Food. That's not what you were gonna say at first, was it? Thing to get from amusement parks. No. I I don't know any of the food places that I don't know them by name. We'll open it to City Walk. Oh, okay. Well, that's easy, Panic bro. <laughs> no, I lied. Like, like sit down food or like or anything, any anything, anything you shove in your mouth. Well, <laughs> forgive me. Uh, you know, Bible thumping Christian, but Voodoo Donuts. Oh, yeah. going there. Yeah, yeah. We'll wait in the line, even of if course. we're late to get in. Yeah, like I don't. That that's probably even more by the way. So we won't be late. Well, actually, I mean, we're leaving at one two, so we can check into the hotel. But I can yeah. make sure we can check in the hotel before then. Well, you need to. That's why. We're gonna call him on the way up there. You're gonna call them. No, don't. Day. No. I'll uh-uh. go up there. Don't be a white person. Okay. 
You walk up. How about this? Door? And you schmooze them at the front desk. No. And they give you extra stuff that I promise you. I'm at Disney, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm in hotels like twice a year, and I do it. You'll have to do that. You know what? You that's got fine. That. That's yeah. fine. That, that's entrusted on you now. Okay. That's your your hotel man. Yeah. Thanks. You're you're. If we don't have somewhere to sleep, you're the reason why. We get a car. We'll figure it out. Worst case scenario, we just anyway, use a movie theater. Anyway, Voodoo Donuts. Um, my favorite donut there. I don't know if you guys do remember the donuts they have there. Uh, I don't. No, clearly, I remember because of Big Boy Belly. Um, but the Cap and Crunch donut. I was thinking that one. So good. Um, I think they. I don't know. If, I wonder if they have a box of Clue one. I don't even remember. I wanted to get. I wanted to get the coffin full of donuts. Mm. It's like a hundred and something dollars, but it's like a coffin that's like bills this, week. this big, filled with donuts. But my favorite ride would have to be. Um, I can't ride it, but it would have to be uh, between the Whip Ride Rocket and the Mummy. But also, the Simpsons ride is also, like, a close second. I like Transformers. That's a great ride. Transformers was absolutely magnificent. Transformers or the uh, Simpsons. Don't we have a picture of me and you posing with the Transformer guy? I don't have that picture. I I have the picture that you took of me when we went to Rock the Universe the first time. Not back in, like, 2012, but, like, the first time we went as like an actual full group that we like of all friends for a youth group and i have the picture of where uh it was me posing on the on the cop guy yeah i remember that that's still one of my favorite pictures of me that was your contact photo on my phone for like years i love that picture that was such a good picture picture of a seal yeah I don't think I've adjust, the. I'm glad iPhone implemented that new thing where people can adjust their contact photo and then it appears like that for me because I literally don't touch contact photo. Like, I don't do that. Yeah, I don't have. Everybody is just a yeah, blank close letter or family member. You have to have a contact photo on my phone. Like, if you don't have a contact photo on my phone, then you're not a close friend. It. You only have a contact photo if you set it like as your contact photo. Like, I my wife doesn't even have a contact photo on my phone. That's tough. Ain't no way. Shout out. I'm not even kidding. He's, uh... He's a free man. No, you don't have to prove it. Like, no, I'm going to show you I guys. You. I don't. Yeah, that's tough. What's mine? Am I even at the top of that? Yeah, you're second. I'm second? You're second. My contact photo I'm not even is a small helmet. That's, that's your contact photo. But I didn't set that. I set that. Oh, but you can't set one for your wife. No. I'm snitching. You should be happy about that. She knows. You should be happy about that. He prioritized you over, you know, her. No. Devin only touches me when it's like, when he needs me. Um, that sounds about right. Devin I can see that. No, I'm kidding. Devin loves this. I'm oh. Yep. Could have gone my whole life without him. All right, Caleb. Rock the universe. Ah. Favorite attraction, favorite food. Okay, so the food... That's a long one, so we'll get to that second. Favorite attraction, I'd have to do Rip Red Rocket. I'm sorry, but, like, 
It's just good. Transformers is nice, but it's a tad like uh, wasn't it the first one mundane. Hmm? Wasn't it Rip Ride Rocket first roller coaster? No. No, that was his first roller coaster. He won. No, no, first was the Transformers. Transformers ain't a roller coaster, bro. I know, exactly. <laughs> and I was definitely underwhelmed by the, like, I expected roller coaster because that's what uh, one of my, somebody, I can't remember who it was, told me. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's super exciting. I'm on it. I'm like, this ain't no roller coaster. What is this? But, uh, Red Ride Rocket was the first one. Whoever, that I enjoyed. whoever told you Transformers was a roller coaster is not your true friend. Oh, that's a rare. Why do you think I'm sitting here and not there? Exactly. Yeah. That I'm not trying to spell that. I'm gonna mess that up. You know what's an underrated ride though? Men in Black. No. Oh. <laughs> ET is the ride you get on when it's like pointing right outside, and you need to get out of the yeah, cold yeah, yeah. You get out of the weather, and you need to just sit and chill in some AC. That's the ride. ET is. I just stood at a concert for two hours, and my legs are killing me, and nobody's in line. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what's kind of nice about. You know, Universal and the idea of having Rock, uh, rock the Universe no, there is the fact that because the lines still be like hour long. Oh no, the lines will still be there, but like the by the end of the night they're basically non-existent because everybody's tired and the music's been blaring for a while. Well, you have to go on the rides on the big people that people want to see. Three bands. Yeah. Three. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem. Three bands that we want to see this year. What Cody Carnes? Elevation uh, Rhythm and Lecrae. We like. We have to go see them. And they'll probably all be on... Well, the Lecrae and Cody Carter will probably be on the main stage, but the uh, but Elevation Rhythm might be on the second main stage. They might be the one in front of the diner. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good restaurant, too. That is a, that that is is a good really restaurant. good restaurant. Uh, and that leads me to my food, which, uh, to be honest, I really don't have a favorite food because everywhere I ate, I loved and I tried to eat as everywhere, like as many places as I possibly could. Uh, I managed like one sit down restaurant. Sadly, everything else was walking. But every time I go to Universal, I manage. I I make sure I get one thing. Butter beer. No. Oh. I make sure I get one thing. I don't really care for butter beer to be honest with you. I only get it because. Thing. Um, but the corn dogs, the twelve foot corn dogs. Whoa, 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 whoa! Twelve foot. Or a foot corn dog. No, twelve foot. It ain't twelve foot. It's twelve inches, buddy. <laughs> I got the twelve foot corn dog. The corn dog. Yeah. You wouldn't be waving it around. You'd be like lugging it on your shoulder at that point. No, like, we were supposed to be in a line holding it like this. <laughs> like twelve foot corn dog. Like we should go to Universal and be like, hey. I have a proposition for you. Oh my gosh. Corn dog, but extend A 12 foot corn dog. I don't think they have that readily on supply. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think. Be like, yeah, legally, that would probably be like so many different health violations, though. I have a car on my phone and be like, it's ready. It's ready. <laughs> and I'd be like, pet. And then you would just see all of us Naruto running down the uh, down the runway. I would, I would like straight down I N A five. I wouldn't even have them call me. We're gonna work all the way down here. Big calls, we're ready. Through the pipe. Just gets up. Yo, I'm leaving work for the day. I would have them make an announcement throughout the whole park using the speakers. 
Yeah. It was just one word of twelve foot corn dog and just ready in the front. Big buddy with the curly hair. Big buddy with the curly hair. I think everybody would be like, what the? Everybody would start looking for anybody with curly hair so they'd have to specify it once more after that and you'd immediately hear, Asian? There's an Asian in the party. <laughs> I think he's wearing a bright pink coat. It was pink. He said he wore it just so we could spot him out when he gets here. Everybody will start looking for a pink shirt, and you know it. But unfortunately, that still won't narrow it down enough, so we'd need another I'd wear a shirt that says, I'm the corn dog guy. <laughs> no, what we need to do is we would each wear a shirt, and one would say corn, one would say dog, and one would say men. So Yeah, and then we stand out of order, and it just says, men, dog, corn. <laughs> <laughs> man corn dog. Dog man corn. Or a man corn dog. <laughs> so, the food I'm looking forward to trying is well, it can't be at the Monster Cafe anymore because last time we, last time I went to Universal last year for Rock the Universe, it was closed. Like, they had walls up and everything. I mean, COVID. So, nah, that's when. This ain't no COVID. They're like redoing it or something. But the thing I want to try is one of them big turkey legs. The turkey legs are unnecessarily good, but only for like five minutes. They're only good. Like you have to like kind of like peak when they're making like a fresh batch. Yeah, because like when they make a new one, but then like it sits out there for a while. I don't care how warm it is. It starts to get tough. If if I know the park I go to has turkey legs, I will get that right before I leave, and I will eat that on my way home. Oh, fair enough. I'll sit. I'll have it sit in my lap. You guys ever had the big corn? The, the, not the corn dog. I'm still on corn dog. Oh, I, I might go to Walmart on the way home to get some corn dog. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Uh, have you guys ever had the big pink donuts? Yes, the lard donut. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 So like. But so so one, one, the one donut Keegan had, it was stale. They gave him the one stale donut. This oh, dude got jipped. Oh, God, I promise you, I promise you, when they're not stale, they're good. <laughs> He's not going to get you any. You know, I just thought your 12-foot corn dog idea would be great if we then accompanied that with the donuts because you could just put the donuts oh, around the corn. Why don't we just make our own corn dog? No, 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 no. We're going to hit up State Fair and we're going to let them participate in it. That way, it could be a world record. Yeah. We could get some... Yeah. Is there a world record out there for longest corn dog? Somebody that's listening to our voice, you need to look up the world record you know for corn dog. Brian at you know. Let us know how big that corn dog's got to be. Brian at MyCrafting. How big that dog is. But I'm actually really excited. And I want to, at least, I want to go on a couple rides. Oh. We're definitely going on it. No, hands down. I, if, if I see any band, I just want to see Elevation Rhythm. Yeah. That's it. And to be honest, I'm kind of crowd, like, I, I don't I don't love the crowds, and I'm, it's degrading. <laughs> crowd! 
Well, I don't mind the large crowds of people, but like all of us. After like after like thirty minutes, like after thirty minutes, I start to feel it. I'm like, yeah, I'm good, and I I I don't I don't do like. No, and I'm a small person too. That's probably what has to do with it. Having to look up at ninety percent of the whole crowd is really the hard part, I think, for me. Because oh I'll admit, I'm a genuinely small person. So my my typically my experiences with crowds are I'm looking around me and I'm either doing one of two things: I'm looking up, or we're so tight together that my feet are floating above the air. You know. Rappers. <laughs> No, right here. There he goes. <laughs> Why did you develop an accent? There he goes. Listen, it's like literally any time you watch a movie and there's like a band playing or something and something happens in the crowd, they have an accent and it's always British. Always. Well, yeah. Australian. Yes. Australian, yeah. Every single time. He's like, ah, oh, there he goes. He's leaving. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. Why Tuesday? <laughs> it was great that the guy floating up in the air would definitely be the one looking down asking that question. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. No, why it's Tuesday? No, nah, I'd be terrified. But that work is You're afraid of heights, and it took us it took us years to get you on a roller coaster. The last roller coaster I rode was the Hulk, and that was because Pastor Jay was not going to rock the universe anymore after that trip. That was his last trip. Oh, that is true. But you wrote your first roller coaster was Rip Ride or was it the Hulk? Was Rip Ride. We did Rip Ride and then the year after we did Hulk. Yeah, Devin came out of that with trauma. Now just so you know, so Jay went the last time Jay spoke at the church and in, in, in a place of Craig, he was talking about you. I thought he was talking about me at first. No, I was Rip Ride Rocket Man. No, because he had the same. He had a similar um, thing with me. Because for me, it was I think it was it was a it was um it was a Rocket Universe trip, but we were going to um, I think we were going to either adventure earlier in the day, and then we were going to Universal, and he wanted me to get on the Hulk, so I had got on the Hulk, and you want to know what you want to know how they got me to get on the Hulk. I was like, I want to ride in the front seat on the way back, like home. And they were like, no shot. You rode a roller coaster like, for shotgun. Literally. <laughs> hey, you know what? That actually sounds low key kind of worth it though. I'd go for how old were you? Uh, I was. I think I was in tenth grade. Explains it. I was like fifteen, and there was like other big kids in the car, so it was like I'm ready to work. I never had like a roller coaster problem. I just didn't like to wait in the line before the roller coaster because then I'd like get real like stir crazy and I'd just hate sitting there and listening to everyone else's conversations because I was a very nasty eavesdropper. See, this is also the thing. I hadn't learned to tune people out yet. That's the thing I hate about going to amusement park with Caleb is because we he he doesn't want to wait in line. So like we're just spending the time walking around and talking at an amusement park. We'll spend $180 to go to Disney, and all we'll do is get on two rides. Because they all, and the reason we get on those two rides is because they had a 30 minutes or less time loop. Hey. Right or am I right? Usually that's not my problem, though, and you know it. Last time we went, 
Last time was we were to wait, but everybody had like, oh, we have dinner at this time, and we have that reserved for that time. I'm like, great. See, that's what I don't like about like I don't like planning things if I'm at an amusement park. Only like, thing I want to plan is my reservation for food. Like if I if I reserve like an expensive place, I will plan the whole day around that, but nothing else. Like that would be the only thing I plan. When me and so when me and my wife we went to Disney, we went to all four parks for our honeymoon and when we went to uh what was it magic kingdom we reserved we got a reservation at crap i can't even remember where we got a reservation at some restaurant and so there was like it was like an hour before the reservation and all the rides had like 20 30 minute wait times i was like eh, i don't want to risk it so we just walked around for like an hour and then we sat down. That's like the only time I've reserved something mm. that like I've well, waited that, on. To be honest, that's worthwhile. Like those restaurants, like some of the areas, like Epcot's uh, Japan, that restaurant has a waiting, like that's a six month waiting list there. I got on the wait list on um, at Hollywood Studios, the uh, drive-in diner. So good. We got a we got a reservation spot inside in a car, and it was like it was perfect. Yeah, it's beautiful. Some of those restaurants are absolutely amazing. yeah. But I'm not a fan of like I don't mind like wanting to do certain things, but like physically making like reservations and plans and stuff out for the rides and fast passing this. I'm like, bro, just it's cool, but like. I don't know. At the end of the day, I feel like it's just more fun to just fly by the seat of your pants and find out where that takes you. I, mean, I think that's like the best part about going to like an amusement park is the spontaneous moment of it. Like you go to an amusement park, there's so many options. Like let's just figure out what we want to do. Yeah, I think amusement parks probably one of those rare things where you can you can allow your mind to be a little overwhelmed by everything, and it's like still like makes it really enjoyable. Yeah, because you like have- you do that in work, you're screwed. You're walking out of work that day early, sobbing and crying and gnashing of teeth, sackcloth and ashes. Not me. Now who now who are you most excited to see? Uh, I don't even think Caleb knows who's all going. I looked at it. I don't recognize a single one of those names. <laughs> Listen to league music. No, I know. I I know the artists. Um, but if I had to pick like a, them. yeah. Um, I I hope they perform three songs. Well, I these three songs. I hope they perform. This is the gospel. But they might. They might not because they don't have they don't have a choir, maybe. They sound they don't know what these things. They usually have a choir. He just did a thumbs up. Yeah, now you just made us sit here in silence. I feel like we're low key trying to like. Likes me better than you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that did the heart. There you go. Anyway, so, but yeah, I hope they do. This is the gospel, fake love, and purify. I don't know any songs from Elevation Room. We're playing one of their songs, so it's even better. Nice. <laughs> 
I think Ele- yeah, I think Elevation Rhythm probably is the one I'm most excited about. I don't know, like, I'm not into deep uh, those particular artists. Like, all my good ones are probably going to be, like, Saturday. Um, but we're not going Saturday? No, I know. Most of most of the artists that... Uh, you want to see Burning Lake, then? Yeah, I'm much more into that. The, my, my family is much more into that whole group that's happening in Saturday. But... That's not to say I can't necessarily like I. To be honest, I love all of them. All, most of their music is mm, on point. Man, we're going wild Friday. You're gonna have to define wild because I still wild. That's all I'm gonna say. Wild. Okay, that's fine. As long as I something? like, what's happening? No, we're going wild. We're going feral. As long as I get to eat like, food. Um... And <laughs> <laughs> turn into a whole. <laughs> you guys just adjusted at the same time and made just so much noise. I was gonna leave me hanging. No, I, was, I had to give it a boat while pause moment of dramatics, otherwise Devin's incessant talking and would have continued to interrupt. I low-key want to go to Islands of Adventure on Saturday. We want money. That is the question. Isn't that the question, though? Every uh, you, if you thought of any "I wish we could" moment, the only stopping factor is what? I don't let money hold me back. If I go on a trip, if I go on a trip, I'll be like, you know what? I'm facing the consequences tomorrow. Broke and live off of like what? A bag of pizza rolls? What's that? I'll live off of $20 for two weeks could just you just, to have fun. Couldn't you just save up ahead of time then? No, that's still... The, saving money is... There's no point in saving money to me because it's sitting there. And it's not being used when you could go out, use it, and create memories. Okay, what if you... What, what if, if you save it to make more memories than a lump sum? I got, I got What if your car breaks down? I know it's going to be taken care of. And you don't have the money to, to fund that. It's going to be taken care of. Huh? It's going to be taken care of. So he's thinking of a whole lot of Bible verses, but one he's not thinking of right now is thou shall not test God. I'm not testing him. <laughs> I don't know if that's a commandment. It's not a commandment, but... It's not a scripture either, though. <laughs> thou shalt not test God. Huh. Don't test is what I remember. The I don't, I don't test. I have that faith that anything I need will be provided. <laughs> He's looking it up. I'm telling you, man. But I, I have, I have that faith that if I need anything or if anything comes up, I know it's going to be completely provided for. You better do text to speech on that thing. <laughs> Oh, he's right. Jesus told him, it is also written, do not test the Lord your God. Matthew 4, verse 7. Well, the only reason, actually, that verse came up in my head recently, normally, like, I wouldn't bring it up for... But what struck me as interesting is uh, my rabbi was saying earlier, uh, last week, that for some odd reason, I, I don't know why, like... I had read a couple of verses beforehand, and so I was thinking about that particular verse. And so, for some odd reason, it happened to come up and while he was speaking. And one of the things he said is, listen, he's like, if you're sick, 
like genuinely get other people sick, contagious kind of sick. He said, stay home. He said, don't test God in the sense that you're going to go out and do something that's clearly, in a sense, rather stupid and go out and test God's ability to, you know, protect you from your own stupidity. And if you, and then I started referencing that, that got me thinking. And so I started referencing as many little instances and stories throughout the Bible where that situation would indeed become evident where, you know, it would be a bad idea for an individual of any kind, you know, to go out and test themselves on the stupidity. And there was a clear fine line. There were moments when God had someone do something potentially risky, like when, you know, he had Elijah uh, go to uh, the king and Jezebel, right, Ahab, and essentially more or less tell them what would happen, and then leave, you know, and the immediate reaction of Ahab was, hey, how'd this man walk into my front door completely, like, completely untouched, and then he just left, that would be technical, you know, technically covering, but then you have the other side of things where you would have, where God would say, don't do this, or don't go out, and don't go to this place, and that, you know, something then would happen, and so that's where that idea, because for years, I was always under the impression that thou shalt not test God was like, I don't know, a metaphorical warning, like, I always saw it as like a, don't test him, like, okay, well, negative word? Don't, like, uh, I guess I viewed it as, like, a don't openly challenge him. Like, I bet you won't do this, God, and sit there and talk about it. And uh, If you're real, you're going to do this. That, yeah. Well, and I guess I started to view it more as, like, a, hey, well, this is nice and God does protect you, but don't be stupid kind of concept. And I guess that's kind of where, like, my mind took me. Mind you, like, stupidity is not the, like, origin. Like, don't avoid. We're not perfect. We're human. But. You know, I guess that concept is what struck me to thinking of that very idea. Mind you, I am not saying that your uh, spontaneous idea is all that stupid. I am very much a fan of spontaneous spending of all sorts. That's one of the tags. Like, if we had tags that described us, one of the top tags would be stupid. Yeah, okay. Um... I've, I've been... Thinking of that for like a solid minute. I could tell. Your face. I was so thinking funny. so hard on that. Well, let's... you can see it in Devin though. Like he tries to remember what? something, and he gets them all like. I feel like that brings me to ask you the question: Is like, what is like, what is your like, what is your testimony, and how did you like, how did you, what is your relationship like now with God? How like, did you meet the Lord? Before. Well. I grew up I grew up in a household that naturally had a rather um I guess official but not necessarily intimate relationship with God. Um and I grew up first for many years I grew up young and Catholic. Um and I was I was my first couple of years in school were in a Catholic school. Did you ever have to do like the confession box? That's where it started to get me. I wasn't old enough for that yet, but when I started hearing those coming of age prayers and variety of things, don't get me wrong. Nothing against Catholicism. They believe Jesus died for their sins, that they're saved, they're covered. 
But one thing that struck me and immediately set off warning bells and ultimately led to me and uh, my family leaving that church and that school is what most people, I think what turns most people off about the concept is the fact that I didn't have a problem with the formal prayers and the stuff. That was, there were formal prayers. That Those were a thing. What got me was the fact that I was doing formal prayers, but I had, I don't recollect ever constantly praying to God himself. I was always, or at least not always, but very often talking to some representative i would see you know a statue of this person or that but i didn't recognize half of the saints yeah and Mary, mother of jesus pray to like um some of them don't pray to god but they'll pray to jesus some of them won't pray to god or jesus they'll pray to uh mary they'll pray to joseph like they'll yeah. pray to other biblic biblical like figures that they believe will connect them to which i I'm not completely educated on that stuff. I'm not going to give opinions on that. But the way that I was brought up, even different ways I was brought up, um, the way that I believe it solely 100% is that you can pray to Jesus, you can pray to God, and you can pray to the Holy Spirit. Those are like the big... And, well, yeah, that's exactly the very... Because the, the very idea of the existence of God is... That's quite a one. Yeah. Um, and that's another subject I could talk about le le later. But what struck me as interesting was right when I hit, I don't even know how old I was. I was pretty young. Um, but I, I started reading from a very young, young age. And one of the, one day on like a spring break day or something, I got my hands on a Bible. And I wasn't one that normally could just see one, in, especially in like the church. We weren't really allowed to just pull up a Bible and start reading it whenever we wanted. Uh, at least not in the Catholic denomination I was part of. And I started reading it and I ran into verses where... For instance, I, I, of course, didn't know much, so I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You know what I mean? I went to the things that seemingly the I recognized. Yeah, the big four. And I read the verse where, uh, you know, the people were crowding around Jesus, and they're like, hey, look, Jesus, your mom and your mother and your mother are looking for you. And Jesus turns around and goes, who are my mother? Who's my mother? Who are my brothers? And that struck me as interesting because I, in that exact moment, I, I became aware of the fact that Jesus wasn't exclusivizing himself. He wasn't deeming himself all-powerful and worthy beyond our reach, and the people who gave birth to him and whatnot are also beyond, like, and then from then on, I started to see biblical inconsistencies within where I was, um, even going through school. I got in trouble a few times, actually, in, while I was still in the Catholic school, because I would, well, I, I got hit by the ruler. Oh, that was terrifying. The nuns, absolutely terrifying. Most, most greatest respect to Mother Martha. Oh, absolutely magnificent. WM, baby. No, she was absolutely goaded. That woman, like, I have the utmost respect for her. Mother Martha ain't watching this anytime soon. But, like, 
Did every Catholic church and school like require at least one Mother Martha? Not necessarily Martha. And the nun. Not or a Teresa. Huh? Um, we did have a Teresa as well. Nah, it's old. It's old. Um, not specifically Martha and Teresa, but yeah, the 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 nomination. It's interesting because much of and being messianic, I can see much of the inspiration that the Catholic Church has is wildly connected to what the origins of the original um, messianic communities have, and a lot of the um traditional things we do are like you look at that and to an unknowing passerby their first reaction easily could be oh so that's a catholic thing and you're like oh no 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 they don't realize you know and the a lot of the times in some cases the only differentiation you'll notice is like it's in English or in Hebrew because uh, a lot of like you're not going to see a modern catholic church nowadays just quoting straight Hebrew not to the degree that uh, we do. But, you know, after third grade or so, that's where I ended up uh, leaving because it was third grade and they were starting to act right around that age is when they start to have you do different things that are more part of the uh, Catholic community, different prayers and stuff like that. And my, uh, my mother especially became gradually very uncomfortable with that. No, not like that. Well, yeah, yeah, I can. I I did some research into that side of things. Um, some of it, some of it is just people taking advantage of the system and the idea. Uh, and, but we could go on to yeah, that's a subject for another day. That that that's not a subject for any day. <laughs> But I immediately was homeschooled after that, and I was homeschooled for years, and then we grew up in the much more traditional American Christian household kind of concept. And it was rather cookie cutter, I suppose I could say. Um, I grew up through my, uh, I didn't know my actual father, my birth father for, I didn't know him very well. He's uh, He was away from my family. You didn't beat him? I did, yeah, I knew him, but like he, he, I barely ever got to saw see him. And by the time like I was getting old enough to like hold a relationship, he died. Mm-hmm. By the time I think I was eight, um, he passed. Um, and the other character, the other figure I had in my life, we don't have to get into that. Well, I, it shapes. No, it shapes me who I was. Do I think it was a healthy relationship for the family? No, I don't. Um, there was a significant lack in, of God in much of that relationship. But to say that it to say that I wish something would be different is one thing that I learned from that. And after after it's all said and done, and looking at it from a you know more distant perspective, I learned. That uh, that I shouldn't have regret in that moment, and I asked um, after I graduated and started working for the school, I, I Mr. Willie, shout out to Mr. Willie, I love Willie, um, and I walked up to Willie one day. We were we were great pals when I was working over at that campus, and I go, Mr. Willie, I said, do you ever have any regrets? And I could still see it in my head. He has in his he he has that. Well, Mr. Caleb, no. 
and he and he had this contemplative, old-fashioned, just made you happy kind of voice. Like that was your grandfather. Freeman, but he's actually Adrian, and his voice is changing deeper and more rapid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I don't regret anything. He said, there are mistakes, but no regret. Everything that happens supposed to happen according to what God said. And I can hear his voice in my head to this day. And I hold on to that. And I realize that everything that happens does indeed happen according to the way God has seen it happen. It is going to happen so, like that. So, so if you if you have that opinion, right, what about all the terrible things that happen to people? Well, those, those I've managed... Yeah, I've managed. I, I've thought about that, and I've managed to. I think, and mind you, I'm my knowledge of what this concept is incredibly primitive compared to some of the biggest minds. But I will say, what I've seemingly done is classified it in my mind into two situations: one where God clearly, where it clearly was avoidable. It was a mistake that we should not have done, and we knowably took that choice, and we stepped out from underneath God's covering. Right? It's the People have, you know, some. There are some people who have this impression that if we do something bad, God intentionally punishes us. That's not, or He let Yes, He does let it happen, but not in the sense that we think. We think of the concept that He physically moves away from us. It's the other way around. He lets it happen just because we're the ones who stepped away from Him in the first place. If you're under an umbrella and it's pouring rain, and then you start getting wet. Because you're standing there and Devin's standing there holding the umbrella and then I step out into the rain. I can hardly be the guy sitting there. It's your fault. You should have moved the umbrella to cover me out of your way. Devin's going to say, you're the one who moved. And that's the concept that I began to learn is that a lot of these things are we begin, we step out from underneath because we for some reason have justified it in our heads that God should be following us around no matter how many stupid mistakes we make and no matter how many times we try to jump off that cliff. When in reality, eventually you try to jump that cliff enough times and that cliff will still, that cliff ain't going to move. And, uh. You're going to end up flying off of it at some point. So one of the ways I see it as is you just to think of it as a path. There's a straight path right ahead. That's where you're wanting to go. That's where you need to go. That's where you desire so much to go. And God, right next to you, he's got your hand. He walks with you. Now, if you get sidetracked and you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to go to that. He's not going to be like, okay, let's go. He's going to sit there. He's going to be like, you can go. I'll be right here. I'll wait. He'll wait for you to come back. Because in my, how I see it is, God's always going to be there with you. But that ultimate path you're going to take, that straight line you're going to walk, he'll follow you down these little paths. But at the end of the day, he's going to be waiting on the big path for you to come back and take those steps closer. All these little things that you can do are great. They're not always great. You might get hurt. You might feel pain. You might be sad. You might like, oh my gosh, why did I do this? But at the end of the day, you're always going to go right back to the path. Most people should at least. Yeah, that's the that's the concept. That's how I see that whole thing with God. He's always with you. 
he'll always be directing you, but then you have that free will to, you know, go off on your own little path. I see it. I see it similar, but for me, it's more so God is like, God's like, okay, this is the path you want to go down? Uh, okay. That's the way you want to go. He's going to, he's going to go with you. Like he's mm-hmm. not just going to be, he, he's not going to be waiting for you to get back. He's going to go with you so he can always be with you in a sense. So if I choose to take, if, if I choose to take this dark path, it's going to lead me down to drugs and alcohol and porn and having sex before marriage and all these different sins that's going to lead me. He's going to be there with me while I'm going through all that. So I know that whenever I'm ready, I can, I can be like, God, I need help to get out of this situation. And God's going to be right there to pull me out. It's not going to be like, well, now it's time to walk all the way back down here to go get God. I think I think it's the fact, because if, if that's the case, then if that's the case, then I have to go to church just to just to be saved. Rather than because of, because Jesus died on our sin, just because Jesus died for our sins, right? God is, God is there whenever. We don't have to go to a temple. We don't have to go to a building anymore just to be in his presence or just to ask for forgiveness or we don't have to go kill a goat to make a sacrifice. Like, we literally can just say, we can break down your room right there and be like, God, I'm sorry. Like, that's, that's how I see it. Like, God is, God, is, God is sitting right here with us right now. If we decide to go out and start partying and stuff like that, and he's gonna be right there with us. He's gonna be chilling. He's gonna be sitting right there in the corner, just chilling, like 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 a friend in in the corner. He's gonna be there, but it's not necessarily like we have to go. Like like obviously we have to go to him, but he's gonna be there always. You made me realize I just completely like expressed that completely wrong on what I was trying to say. <laughs> I think I got the concept, but I do have a small counterpoint to your statement. There are points. Dun, 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 <laughs> there are points of me and Caleb's like, conversation. Is that just having conversation right there? Yeah. But I will say one thing: there are points of no return, and that was that's been evidenced before. I've seen it in real life in here, but then throughout the Bible, there are instances where people people run away from God so much to the point where it actually does, where it actually God has to just let them go. There are instances where this is evident. Um, Saul. The first king was the most obvious instance that I can think of. Um, but I've seen where if in the Bible, especially when approaching the latest books of like Revelation and stuff, there are decisions that you can make that will that are irreversible. Um, to me, that's to me, that's just more so on the free will side of things because like, it, it is, but I'm also. God, like, yes, if you, it, here's the thing, if you don't think God was still sitting there with Saul during those times, or sitting there with anybody who proceeds to still worship the devil and things like that, like, if you don't think God's still sitting there watching over them, then, like, no, like, I personally think that God is there no matter what, like, even though we keep running, we can keep running far away from him, we can keep going and going and going, worshiping the devil, doing all that, like, 
witchcraft, everything. Like, you, you know, you're dabbling in Ouija boards, you're doing heroin, whatever. Like, you, you're doing the worst thing. I feel like God is still with you there. Only reason is because guess what the miracle is in that moment is that you haven't died yet. That means that God is done with you. I I think I I would have to agree with that. I suppose the way I'm seeing it is just there. Are, oh, hang on. <laughs> he done broke Funko. I don't I don't think he ever. Turns a blind eye. No. Ever looks away. I saying. think that individual just gets so caught up in the secular world that they push God into the very, 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 very back of the line. Well, yeah. In their head. The, the the reason I uh, stated it earlier was because in the Bible, I, I can't remember the exact verse off the top of my head. Oh, I'm gonna remember it like an hour from now. All of a sudden. Comment below the video. Yeah, I got you. Um, but it's where it says that the 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 voice, the Holy Spirit that speaks, that tells you, "Hey, tap, 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 don't do that." The Bible does say that if you reject it and continuously agonize it enough, it does. You can effectively silence it. From the you know, and so I I I would like to say that God does save us. We are protected. We are you know we are we are kept clean by grace. No matter how many times we fall back through and through, and trust me, none of us are innocent on that end. I don't think. I don't think so. Right? No, we're sinning right now, bro. <laughs> okay. Um. I hope not. But the. I think there are points in time where we dis where we make a choice that results in uh, effectively not necessarily permanently but semi permanently destroying our relationship with God because there are you know the the scriptures not just the choices of free will like the mark of the beast and stuff like the obvious ones but for instance, um, the fact that blasphemy is considered an irredeemable sin, like it's it's considered the irredeemable sin. Um, well, it's like uh, I could be completely wrong on this. So Brian will, you guys will definitely correct me on this. Pretty sure it was Jesus that said that if you deny me now, you're basically denying me in front of my father or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. That's, 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 that, that's what that made me think of is that's like one of the only ways that you can be like, Don't, no, this is stupid. Who are you? Who yeah. do you think you are? God, no, God makes it very difficult for us to outright straight up permanently abandon him. Like it's not like the ability says in the Bible. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, like, exactly. He's like, like, yeah. He's not like, God is not going to leave us just because we choose to do drugs. Like, no. Like, he's going to be there. He's not going to hate you because you put milk then cereal. No. You're still, you can still be redeemed. Yeah. Just pour the cereal first but and the milk. I think we're not like condoning, like, well, don't like, pour milk and then cereal. That, but we're not condoning sin. Oh, yeah, that too. 
We're not condoning like you can do drugs and that and God like God will still love you even though you're doing the drugs. Like he would prefer you not to do the drugs. That yeah. comes to the part of testing God. Dude, yeah. What I heard and what I like to go what I like to go by is like Ooh, that was God good. Like that. you God loves you, but he doesn't love the things you do. Yeah. So like but it is possible. It's very possible to uh, anger and grieve him. It says so. Look at Sodom. Look at yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Like, oh, you make enough. You do enough drugs. God will just abandon you. No, 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 I'm not saying that. But I mean, the devil has a way of getting us to a point where it does make us irredeemable. The devil has a way of. Oh well, no. We can, it doesn't matter how many drugs we do. I think that's more of you get that hard set in your mind that you're not you're not redeemable. Well, but you just like, all right, whatever. Well, it's that, but there's also a manipulation concept. Uh, let's, you know what I mean? If you're, if you commit adultery repeatedly, repeatedly, God still loves you. He's still, you're still one of his creation. But then if you get to a point where that, uh, the, the devil gets that adultery that then gradually lead to something like blasphemy, that's when you begin to make a clear stance that you are not on God's side, you know? And I'm not saying that no human is irredeemable, obviously, don't get me but you know what the crazy never. thing about right. that is it takes literally literally one second and you're changed yeah it, that's it, the crazy part you just have to make that step you know and i think that's and well, like sometimes i've had it explained tons of different ways to me like um somebody that i look up to as like a as a uh like a spiritual leader described at one time as that in the book of life we're still writing the pages but he described it as god has the book and it's already finished he's just going through our page so he already knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He knows what you're going to do Wednesday. He knows what you're going to do this day. He knows what you're going to do this day. Yeah. So he knows, oh, well, right here, you're going to do this. Well, then right after, you're going to come right back. Yes, uh, I think it was, was C.S. Lewis. That was the way he explained it in um, a couple of his books. I read Screwtape Letters and then a couple of his works. After. It's like everything's already planned out, and we're just living that story that what we're supposed to do like we're already destined to do things i don't remember i just like i i agree with that like halfway only because only reason why i would say that is because of all the bad things that happen well i think we're sorry sorry if it's predestined for us like let's just let's just say if, if God predestined our life for us, then why would he give us free will? Well, here's the thing. I think we're, I think there's a concept we're missing here. I don't think it can be combined into a singular concept. I think there needs to be a differentiation between some what's destined to happen, right, and then what should happen. The concept where the bad things happen, yes, indeed, those should be avoidable. But don't forget, God's omniscient and omnipotent, meaning not only does he see what should be happening, and he gives us the free will to make the smart or the stupid choice, 
there's the other side of things where he is entirely omniscient, meaning he knows whether we make the bad or the good decision, right? It's not, we're not, and that brings me to a concept I had meant to touch on earlier, which is God, it, it says that he is not completely understandable. We, in our human earth suit body mind, we, we cannot fathom the idea of God. We, and that's why, um, and we teach in the synagogue that the, the word God we use, but Yeshua and his, you know, Jehovah Jireh, his names are what we use most often because we've humanized Those the, are the, understand the it. full letter God. Yeah, we've stuck it into the term G-O-D because that helps us better understand it in our minds but at the end of the day we are talking about a be the being who created us the being who brought into existence everything just by speaking it a being that we cannot wrap our minds around so we've tricked ourselves or a lot of modern society has tricked themselves into thinking we know god when we don't know him but we can't it's it's this paradox that we that we can't quite wrap our heads around there are concepts that we will not understand until we reach God, when everything is done and gone, when the new world is made, when he's created everything, when he's cleaned us, given us our new bodies, there are concepts that only then we will be able to grasp. Now, I'm not talking about the simplistic concept. There are still many things that all of us could learn. But, I mean, there are some aspects, especially of God himself, that we will never be able to comprehend until then. You know? Because my main thing is just, yeah. It's a mic drop. But my main thing is, if if God gives us free will, then how would he... If God's gonna, if God's gonna give us free will, then how, then why would he predestine things for us? Did you watch the first season of Loki? Yeah. I'm about to put this in perspective. Alright? Timeline. Start... To finish, what does every single timeline have? have? Branches. The different little decisions that changed everything. It's still going to get from here to here. But all these little parts are still going to end up wherever. Because your day could go completely different if you have a Pop-Tart, you got cereal, or you didn't even eat. That's where free will comes in. We're all going to get to A to B. The path might not be straight. We might take a little left. Uh, you know what? We'll take a right. Uh, you know what? Take a little U-turn. So basically your, your point to that would be that no matter what, there'll always be a point B. There'll be a point A to B. Yeah. But Every, no everything you do. So, okay, so it all depends on how... How we choose to get to that yeah. point. And the every path you choose is already... Yeah, and, and the difference is, yeah, what you said, there, there is the path. What we see is our path from A to B and only our path. We see the one line, curvy or not, that reaches from A to B. God sees not only the path we are going to take and did take and, you know, past, future, whatever, but he also sees all the other options because we do have free will. Yes, we can do whatever we'd like, but 
God knows what whatever we like will end up being when we make that decision. So the conclusion out of all of this would be, from where, at least from what I'm coming to conclusion in my head, is God basically sees he sees. He sees the he sees the end, right? But he sees all the different choices that we could possibly make that's going to get us to that end. And he knows what we're gonna take to get to that end. Yeah. He knows before we do. Once again, this leads us to a concept where a lot of this stuff we can't fathom we our brain will not be able to fathom all of these concepts because God is not God is not an understandable being in our current state. We cannot understand. Once again, we've classified him as G-O-D, God, when in reality. Three words. Past, present, future. Yeah. There are things that well, our brains can't, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to stick, we're trying to stick a, a, a human lacking halfway there, inadequate term onto something that can't be fully covered you're trying to lay down on a bed and cover the bed with a blanket that's two t- half the size of the bed we're trying to humanize what we don't understand so that way we can try to figure out and make it look like we understand yeah we humanize it we put it in our own um understanding that's where like it comes out of the point of we need to make sure that we're leaning on on God's understanding and, and not our own. Yeah, like because if we lean our own, under, if we lean on our own understanding, we're just gonna keep, like, like what we're like we we came to a conclusion because we started to realize like we can't come to the conclusion. On our, the only conclusion we can come to is the conclusion that God of what God has said in, the, yeah. in His Word already. It's already come to pass of what He said. So if we keep if we keep sitting here forming our own opinions, that's how we start overthinking and getting lost. Yeah. That's why I think we lead to overthinking a lot of things because of because of that. Because we read what God says, but then we go and listen to what somebody else has to say, and then we lean on their perspective rather than what God says. Mm-hmm. So I think now, it's like I think I'm coming to a revelation now about things like overthinking. is like like for instance, like me, like I deal with a lot of like, um, I think we're gonna talk about mental health with uh, Courtney one episode. But um, for me, I deal with a lot of like, I don't know. I told you guys, but like, I deal with a lot of self hate. So like, if I if I do something that like, or like I fail at something or something like that, like I I hate like I'll, I'll self hate myself immediately. But I also have to remember now is like, what does God say about me? God tells me he loves me. God tells me I'm 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 wonderfully in this world for me. God tells me that I am freaking like unique and one of a kind. Like like why not why not lean on what God says about me rather than what the world says about me, what even I say about myself. And I think we just need to that that's honestly I think the cure to overthinking. And well, and that's where the big point. Uh, that's where one of the bigger points comes out too, which is, uh, 
if it were our, that's not our role. It's it's not our role to sit there and strategize and think out what we should be doing and what we think God wants us to do. And there are instances throughout the Bible, and I love, I love, I, I will tell everybody this, like this little bit I got here. It's not your job to think. Stop thinking. All thinking has been done. If it were your job to think, Saul would have made the right decision when he went to attack the Amorites. But no, he came back with his ex orders were explicitly to eradicate all trace. And instead, the man comes back with like half the kitchen sink of stuff. He's like, God, look, I thought we could use this. And my immediate reaction nowadays, now that I've learned this, is no. That's not what happened. We think we know what God wants. God gives us a small direction to go, like you said, the little paths. And he get, he's like guiding, right? He gives us pointers, and then we continue running down like an extra bit, thinking that's we, we know, oh, you're right, God. And God's like, no, wait, no, 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 you're right. I totally got that. You don't have to tell me. Like we got this concept in our heads. Like, here's the main mission. We're putting it in video game terms. Here's the main mission, but we're like, oh, I want to go do this side mission so I can go get some extra money, and then, oh, I, I want to go get this new uh, gun over here, and I want to go get this new jacket over here, so we're doing all these extra side missions, when God's like, if you just go do the main mission that I have for you, you'll get everything that you're doing these side missions. But I want the sword! Yeah, and we got it in our heads. Before. We're like, no, 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 it's okay, I can get this first, and then I'll go back to that. We think we know better than God. Yep, and that all comes down from humanizing the concept. That all comes back to how much are you activating the Bible, too? Yeah. I think that whole thing is just one just secular cloak that's like, oh, you don't need that. You just need yourself. You don't need that. You... Well, they've been they they've been subtly sneaking that into bits of society for like. Can I be can I be completely honest with you guys? We're gonna be hot, humble, open, transparent. We're gonna be we're gonna. This is like hot, like borderline cancellation. <laughs> I really think that mental illness, like anxiety, depression, all this stuff, only really started recently. I don't think they had that back then. I could be really completely wrong and everyone's just like, oh my gosh. But I don't think that they had big problems with all that stuff back then. Like, I think it's a relatively new concept I agree to the world. world. I, I'll agree with you on that one. I've seen and I've been in the certain things like... Um, like not all stuff, like certain things, like certain disorders and stuff like yeah. that, like genetic disorder, like that's, that's a, completely, a, that's a completely different concept. I've been, I've, I've seen, I've worked in the education system. I've seen these kids that I've seen the ones that are anxious and have this anxiety and this kind of depression and that. I can 100% from firsthand experience tell you it has nothing to do with some strange, they have a mental thing that just causes them to be depressed. I've seen so-called depression and this stuff, it immediately evaporates when they find what God has for them. It's instant. It's not this concept where somehow now... Over the last 40 years, people have begun to experience clinical and medical depression. That's our excuse. 
How many times a day do we each have an excuse for not doing something? And how many times a day do we then look back and start to see a pattern in that excuse? Hot take. So, are we saying, are we saying, I'm just throwing out a scenario here. Are we saying that somebody who has clinical depression, right? Let's just say, somebody who has clinical depression is diagnosed with it, everything, they take medicine for it. Are you saying that those people right there don't have enough faith in God? Yes. Or they aren't. It's not a even a matter finding, of faith. Or they aren't finding enough joy in what they're doing and trusting God. They're establishing their mind in the wrong place. I, I don't think, think it's something the world's planted in them. And they're holding on to it. Like, when I was a little kid, we didn't have ADHD, ADD. We didn't have all this stuff. It was, he had a lot of energy. Well, I've seen even I've I, look. There are like, things. There I are think mental... we we try to put a label on everything so we understand what it is, so that way it doesn't seem as crazy or no, different. And there are mental disabilities and things that prevent like uh, slight normalities, right? Like there are like there are instances where that you know they can't communicate via mat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now that's different. But. Even then, I've seen those supposedly, oh, he's disabled. I've seen those people be the most brilliant human beings on the face of the planet. The kindest, sweet, when I was younger in dance in one of my old churches, oh, it's been years, tradition. Back in my day. Uh, no, not tradition. Uh, Treasure Coast Victory Center. There was a young man, 35 years old, he was born be, uh, with the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck, and he had essentially what could be considered, you know, he had this very young mentality, like 35-year-old, 12-year-old mentality at the highest, right? He danced. I have never seen such, like, he didn't have any eye for technique. He didn't know how, he didn't, the proper stancing, the idea, the muscle development, none of that. And even then, to this day, I have encountered very few people who could dance as beautifully as he did. Because what he did was sheer love. All of that that he had in that moment was nothing but love for dance, for God. And that, I think, is what's happening. We are tossing out these concepts like love and like we're, we're like oh I'm depressed like all these different things and I'm not like going at, like look people have trauma that's bad you know what I mean this the bad stuff happens I'm not putting that down but I'm saying we're still we're still to this day f trying to find excuses big or small for problems and things where we can then like we, we're looking for excuses for pity for self for whatever the reason is, at the end of the day, there is nowhere in the Bible does it say that God's like, oh, well, you can love me while struggling with cl clinical depression. Where does it say that? Where in the Bible does it say any of those concepts? I'm not going to be the last person. I'm not the first person, and... Bet you there's tons of people that are saying it right now as I speak. 
this world has just turned its back on everything God. The people that try to rise God up in their, well, the people that try to rise God up to where we can try to understand it. Rose, but yeah. Whatever. <laughs> get shot down because it's different. We don't want it. We like to stay comfortable. We like our little bubble. But the only way that we can grow is when we get out of our bubble and we're uncomfortable. I told someone at my job, he he just he looked he just opened up to me. He's like, Oh yeah, my grandparents are Christian. They I I went to church with them before when I was younger and I I didn't really get it, but you know, now that I'm a little bit older, I'm like, yeah, I, God's there and all that kind of stuff. And I said, the best piece of advice I can give you is if you're comfortable, you're doing something wrong. Basically, yeah, and there's there are times for rest and comfort, like the, even when God created the times for that, but I think God will. Make sure you know yeah, that it's yeah, time to rest. Because when he created the when he created the earth, what did he do? He rested on he the seventh day. That seventh day was rest. So yeah, there is a notable amount of rest. But if we're comfortable, I I teach this in business class, or I did teach it in business class. You know, there's that three concept. There's 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 comfort. There's uh, there's lear- you know learning, and then there's stagnation. Stagnation is essentially you know, ugly. It's when you're essentially, you're so comfortable that you're holding on to the comfort, even though it's detrimental to you to the point where you're step taking steps backwards. And it's that concept. We've, unfortunately, as a society nowadays, not only uh, we love comfort, we've embraced comfort to the point where it's causing significant stagnation. Man, they got Snuggies. That thing's comfortable. They got Snuggies, but then, like, it's actually just a straight jacket. We just can't tell the difference. Nah. Which is why, like, for me, to touch on that topic there, like, comfortability, I like to say that if if I'm feeling like I shouldn't, like, like, like for instance, say, um, God's like, go pray for that person, but God knows I'm uncomfortable, like, I'm uncomfortable, if I have to go pray for somebody, that's how I know it's God. When God asks me to go do a good thing that I'm uncomfortable with, I know it's God. So, like, with that, with that case, I think it, 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 like we have to be content with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. If you're not living your life being uncomfortable in, in situating things you don't like to do, then are you really living your life for God? Because like, if you're comfortable with ju- like, if you're comfortable with just opening your Bible and reading a scripture a day, and just praying the same, the Lord's prayer every day, like. Are you really, like you have to be? You have to become uncomfortable with wanting to do more. Yeah, and I'll I'll double up on that. I'll um, if you have to think about the concept of having to love, like if you not even just that, but it, what if plus one of that you're reading the Bible? If you have to think about ah, oh, you have to remind yourself and get yourself and force yourself to love, like reading the Bible, like, if you have to expend effort in the sense where you're like, oh, man, well, it'll be easier to read the Bible if I really love God, so I gotta love God more. You know, if you have to think about such concepts, you know, our our lives, our existences, everything we do is dedicated exclusively to Yeshua, Yahweh, the being that created us, and yet 
What do you have to think about expending effort towards reading the Bible? That comes with the fact of like, we need to read the Bible, but we have to want to read the Bible. And that's where, when it comes to things that we need to do better for our life, like, we don't need to apply face cream to our face. Like, we don't need to do that. That's something that you should want to do to make sure your face is healthy. Yeah. And you should want to brush your teeth. You should, like, oh, please, you, please. you need to brush your teeth, but you should want to do it so you can have better hygiene. So you can have teeth. Yeah. That's no, that, I think that's the smartest thing you've said. But that's, I think that's the smartest thing he said, like, all day. I'm too. <laughs> Me too. What Pastor Fred said one time here, he was like, um, he said, like, it shouldn't be our will to pray. Meaning, like, don't make it a chore. If you're making the Bible a chore, then you're making it more so just something that, like, you, like, if, if you put it in a category as, like, something you're just checking off the list, Every day, you're not gonna get anything out of you're it. You're not. You're not gonna get anything out. Like you're not gonna grow from that. Like if I get up and go to work and think I'm gonna do the same thing every day, I'm not necessarily gonna. I'm not gonna exceed in my in my profession. I'm gonna stay in the box that I'm in, and I'm not gonna move past that box. Wake up, start moving back. That's what I'm saying. Like we can't. Like if we become comfortable in in a daily routine, like. You're not, you're not going to get anything out of that. And not even just thinking about it in the godly sense, but also what experiences are you missing out of on because you're just stuck in this bubble? Like recently with, um, with my wife, like honestly for the first like five, six months, it was literally go to work, come home, spend time with her, go to bed. Just repeat, 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 repeat. And I just got so stuck into this loop that I took a step back and I was like, man, I'm pretty boring when I'm at when I'm at home. All I do is sit here and just play games, watch TV. Like we need to I need to do more stuff. So in your mid fifties. Like I'm like, oh my gosh. But no, now we're doing more stuff. Like, we'll go on date nights. We'll go somewhere. We'll just drive. We'll just go to the store. We'll go to Target and just walk through the aisles as she tries to grab everything. And I put it back on the shelf because I say, no, we don't need that. And it's in those moments that we get God begins to hand us these little opportunities. You know, we start to encounter people. We start to, we have the opportunity to minister at every moment. And, you know, it is good. Well, it is good to go out and you know spread it as enthusiastically and as forcefully as possible. My grandmother went to Serbia, and uh, she they were over there for a mission trip. And then when she came back, you know, I'm like, "How was it?" She's like, "Good, good." And after a while, uh, we were talking weeks later, and she'd bring you know she'd occasionally still bring up Serbia. She still does, and. But she also says, hey, look, Serbia was good, and that was really awesome. God and I both loved that. I enjoyed spending time with him. That was a great... She said, but at the same time, don't forget. That's not the only time, right? I went to Serbia a couple of years ago. 
I haven't, it's not a matter of, oh, I fulfilled my quota of God, you know, evangelism for the year, a couple of years, for the next half decade. So like, that's not how that works. Some people think, like, like, I hate the, I hate the, oh, I go to church on Sunday, so I think that's enough. Like, it's not. Like, yeah. In the Bible, it literally says it's not enough. Like, you have to wake up and kill your flesh every day. You have to wake up and reconsider your relationship with God every day. You have to realize, you have to wake up and be like, am, am I going to be a Christian today? Am I going to, am I going to actually apply what I read in my Bible today? Like, you have to be, a, you have to be somebody, you have to, you have to do it. You can't just, you can't just be a believer. Like, you can believe in Jesus, but are you going to walk with Jesus? Yeah. That's a real question. It's like, like, you could just be like, hey, I know this guy named Jesus. I know yeah. Jesus. Jesus walked by my house the other day. Yeah. Like, Rather than... But I think if you're... I think walking with him is a lot more than just like, hey, I go to church and I, I know the Bible and I can say all this. I strongly believe that even if I'm walking through the store, if I'm walking through work, if I'm walking anywhere and someone can see me, I think that they can look at me and be like, well, he must know God. I want to get to a point yeah. in, my, in my faith where I can walk around people will be like, there's something different about him. And the reason being is, is the different thing would be is like, he doesn't look like an average guy. Who well, that's what it's supposed to be. That's entirely what it's supposed to be, though, because all this stuff, the doing of good, let's just compa- let's just broaden it and cover everything, right? Hoping to everything lady from, across the street. Everything from that to reading the Bible to going to church. All this, well, let's put it under doing good for the moment. Doing good. That concept, it's not the act that God has wants us to do. It's not like, oh, we do the good act because the act. No, 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 no. People don't understand it. Evangelism, we shouldn't be doing evangelism because it's a good act. It's because what what is his goal? What is his goal? To reach the gospel. To everybody, right? So it shouldn't be our focus to, ah, I'll evangelize action, right? Doing act, you know, physical thing. No, he's having us do that because it's reaching the goal, which is the relationship between an individual and the being who created him. It's all about your heart posture, too. Like, yeah. you can do you can do good things but with an ugly voice out of selfishness. Yeah. You have to do the those good things that he just said. You have to do those things out of a heart of being selfless. Jesus was a selfless man. He wasn't a selfish man. He wasn't like, oh, I'm only doing this so when I die, like I actually do go to heaven. Yeah, because I don't want to stay here with you, but the concept like, of the he's Pharisee saying that he's he's literally like I'm doing this for y'all, like you, like he, for God's sake, he had a tax collector with him, the most hated man in the city with him, and he brought him along. He brought fishermen, the lowest of a low in job wise back then. Like he was bringing like the pe- like people that like nobodies. Nobody people that. Well, nobodies and then the exact opposites of nobodies. The guy everybody knew but loved to hate kind of concept. You know, he bought a, ta- a tax collector and a fisherman sitting at the same table, in that day and age was unheard of. 
fisherman and like nobody you looked at twice. Killed. Yeah, tax collector. That man carried. That man had Romans stationed there. Those bodyguards were everywhere. Romans bring him to work, like. No, yeah, no. they went out of their way. They're like, look, we know you're in Jerusalem, but we're literally going to hand you men with spears and 40-foot shields because, you know, but yet you need it. This <laughs> perfect individual, the person that just exuded God, everybody knew it was God, chose the people that were the most lost the people that had no hope no they they thought they were done and he brought them up yeah and it had you know it it had jesus him dying all of this as uh it takes me a moment to and to date i obviously as a as a human being i don't think i could ever fathom this to experience what he did, everything that, like, to go through the fact that he encountered every negative, imagine, I, 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 I get into, like, I get mentally tired when, like, I get a cough, like, COVID was, like, I thought it was the end of my life, and I'm like, oh, man, this is it, man, God, I love it, like, that's where I was at. Who pointed in one time? So in that end of my life. Yeah. I asked God. I said I looked God. I looked. I looked up. I was like I was like, I had a bunk bed at the time. I looked up. I was like God. If this is the end of me, just take me now because I can't do this. Yeah. And then to think about that and to realize Jesus on the cross experienced all of it. Way worse. All of it. And there's even that moment where even. God couldn't look at it. God turned his back. And Jesus called out, why have you forsaken me? Now that right there, and I, I think about that and I'm like, in that moment, if God forsook him, you don't think that didn't hurt? You know? And I so, not imagine the pain he was going through in that minute. What, like well, literally every single sin on the planet went on to this one man. And uh, I, it's it's debated whether it was minutes or not, but it, it's theorized that he was up there because theoretically it takes someone while crucified hours to die. Oh yeah, he was up there. Hours to go through that mental and physical agony for us it, it puts me in a level of awe that i couldn't even begin to describe but it also is a concept that make, helps me put everything into perspective at the end of the day why are we here what are we here for if we could answer that in a very short couple of words and just think about that and that alone because at the end of the day that's all that matters because God loved you. We're here. Why? And what are we to do here? We're here to spread the message. We're here to share our testimony. We're here to love people. We're here to be like Jesus. That's literally our message. That, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be like Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He loved. He forgave people. He, he, his hospitality game was on like a hundred. He was in the back of the line. He put everybody else in front so, of him. Like, 
like if you're not if like, he was the guy holding the sign that said line starts here <laughs> <laughs> like if you're not if if your life isn't trying if you're not trying to be on the level Jesus was like we're not telling you you got to be like not you got you don't gotta be Jesus you gotta be like Jesus but then he said and greater things you shall do you know it comes down to we shouldn't be focusing on the acts. We shouldn't be focusing on doing good. We should be focusing on what, which is bringing the gospel everywhere, right? Doing good, that stuff is just a way to get through to that. That's what God has us do because we're good people, or that would be the indirect trait of that, you know? Focus on the why because the why is just is to save the lost souls. Because I've yeah, and like you said earlier, you can do something good, and at the end of the day, it doesn't go out. Like I've seen somebody be nice to me, and yet still somehow I didn't feel good about it because they had this like grouch face on like the entire time and I'm like that's great it was a sweet act but I didn't feel great about it at all it just looked like you were making a sacrifice for me please I've already had one person make a sacrifice for me that was Jesus I don't need any more you know what I mean we're a fisher of men baby pulling everybody in come on join the boat yo, yo. Say, if we can just end on anything anything tell somebody about Jesus Share your testimony on why, because that's the biggest thing about about this community is that relatability, baby. You have to be relatable because you, for me, like I I tell you from experience, like I didn't fully start reading, like fully start reading my Bible every day until August of last year, like you go through something like. Sometimes in life, God has to break you down. You got to break it down to build it back up. He got to break you all the way down just so he can build you back up in the way that you're supposed to be. And it's going to, it's a process. I was watching a sermon today, like, they say, like, the word process is like a cuss word in church because, like, a lot of pastors, they'll preach and they'll say, if you just read your Bible, you'll start to yeah. become joyful yep. and stuff like that. Like, no. Pray this, believe that, ask for that, boom. Like, like, think about it. Like, like if, 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 if someone's, God forbid, if someone's mom dies, like, the next thing we have to, like, I'm not just going to be happy as soon as I start reading my Bible. But, like, I'm human. I'm going to need time to grieve. I'm, it's a process to get back to joy and happiness. It's not like I'm going to open up my Bible and read a scripture and then, boom, I'm happy. It's going to be, okay, I'm 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 0.5% happier than I was. Well, it's, why do, we read, why do we read the Bible? Do we read the Bible because we read the Bible and we want to know more about the Bible? We read the Bible for a very specific reason. We read the Bible to get closer to God. It's called His Word, not... Not our story time. Yeah, it's not called story time, you know? And so... Our joy... Our joy should, when someone dies, we should immediately have just be able to... And immediately just be okay and joy. But that's not the concept here, because... We still should be seeking God. God's the one that could do that to us, not us. When 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 John the Baptist died, 
Yeah, he grieved. He grieved. He didn't just he didn't just immediately become okay with it. No. Let's go. On to the next one. Huh? He didn't just go. Ah, on to the next one. Yeah, no, nah, man. This man got a whole verse in the Bible saying Jesus wept. Yeah, it's possible to feel that. So this concept where we're like, oh, read the Bible and you'll feel better. Cool. But why do you read the you're clearly reading the Bible to make yourself feel better right now. That's why you think you're reading the Bible. Let me ask you this. Is that why you should be reading the Bible? Because last I checked, why do we read the Bible? And that's not the reason. The Bible is the world's best how-to book. 100%. It's the oldest unchanged history book on the planet. What are you going to do? Contest that? That book has every single thing you need in life. Everything. It also depends on, too, is how often are you reading that how-to book? Because if you're not reading it every day and applying it to your life every day, then I think I, I wrote something like this on social media today. I was like, if you're just reading the Bible just to read the Bible, put it back on the shelf and don't touch it again. Yeah. Reason being is because God gave us his word to read and apply. If you're not reading and applying his word and you're just reading and reading and reading his word, then there's no point to even touch it. It's a textbook at school. You read that and you use it. You don't just read it and be like, oh, that's cool, and then close it, and then never use it. High school, but... Well, that's a bit different. I had it in middle school. Listen, man, all of our books were long and arduous and painful. Even in homeschooling, they were, uh, like, really... I took molecular, molecular science in senior year, and I hated every every second of it. You know what isn't long and hard? <laughs> What? On Sundays at uh, 9 a.m. and 10.45, where services are only an hour, maybe an hour and some change. Um, Unless God says something else. In which case, it could be three hours. And we're being, like, what I love, Pastor Cook said this year, he's like, we're being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Whatever he wants us to do, we're doing. We've you know, gotten so different. caught up in just making sure everything's on schedule. Holy. Yeah. We think, that, oh, God will love us more if we're holy and we're perfect. I'm um, sorry, that's not how that works. God loves we're looking you. At the end product, and we think the end product is somehow the way to get to the process. We have it completely backwards. We're like, look, we need to get better at knowing God. So let's be perfect to get better at knowing God. God loves what you're, what you're horrible at. He thinks well, he loves and yeah, and he loves stepping in in that moment when it's he likes to stay there and watch, and it becomes more and more impossible for us because that's when he God is not going to step in and give man the glory. Man does not a man does not deserve the glory. Yikes! But second, God's going to step in when it is impossible. For us to do anything about it. When we are well and truly screwed, that's that's when he gets in there. That's when he gets cubes. <laughs> they can't do that without Jesus, I'm telling you. I, I hope so, man. I have a buddy at work who literally was having a full on conversation about like network like IP ha- or like a- accessing like IPs and he was just flipping a Rubik's Cube like it was nothing the whole time. I can't do it. 
a gift from God, you'd be able to solve a Rubik's Cube. It really is. I don't I understand networking. <laughs> that being said, thank you, thank you, thank you for another beautiful episode three. If we come back for episode four, I will be very, very surprised that we did not get canceled for the last however long it's been. They can't cancel us. You never know. Uploading, what are they going to do? Stop our, stop, stop us paying them money to put our podcast on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what, that's what they would do. Canceled for the mental health comment that the world had stated already and other Christians. Hey, listen, man. Let's take an example, baby. If we get canceled, then I can't. Anyway, with that being said, we love you guys. This is uh, Brian, Caleb, and Devin. We'll see you next week. 